Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Our reporter Andrew Louth has been covering the trial for us, and he joins me now on the line. Andrew, uh, good evening to you. Good evening, Niall. I'd say there was a lot of smiling faces, uh, but sad faces today in the courtroom, and. I suppose for everybody, it was the end of a journey, uh, the journey to get justice for Ashling. That's right, Niall. So um, I don't know if there were many smiles in uh, the Well, relief was probably the better word I would have used. Relief yeah, and, and sad faces. Just, sorry, sorry. I was just about to say relief was probably uh, definitely the better word for us. So I suppose we, we were made, uh, so the jury were... Um, the Justice Tony Hunt, the judge, he gave the jury just a few uh, directions this morning after he initially uh, retired and uh, retired to consider their verdict yesterday. And then at 10.53, he asked them to go and continue their deliberations. And we were, and then what happened was they took a break then at, uh, for lunch. And mm-hmm. uh, the jury minder then came back into the course, told uh, the registrar that they'd resumed at one forty nine, and it probably wasn't even 15 minutes later than Niall when the jury manager came back in and informed of the verdict and I suppose after this then everybody's coming back into the courtroom uh, the accused Joseph Pushka uh, Ashley Murphy's family, Joseph Pushka's family, all the gathering press. The courtroom was bursting at seams at uh, Niall's roar mm-hmm. this verdict and then it was delivered when the registrar confirmed that uh, with the form of the jury that that was the decision they'd reached and that was a guilty verdict. I mean, I know her mother, Ashley Murphy, Kathleen Murphy, held up a picture of her daughter just after the verdict was delivered. What was, the, I suppose, in that particular moment in the courtroom, you would have been looking around you, Joseph Pushka, um, did he seem upset with the verdict? Did he have a translator to translate the verdict to? And what was his reaction? Yeah, actually, and one of the things about uh, the verdict as well, we were waiting for everybody to come back into the room, including the interpreter, so that um, that could be relayed back to Josef Pushka. And that was it was kind of that those kind of those few minutes. It was very tense those few minutes when we're waiting for everybody to come back in because for especially for Ashley Murphy's family, this is the moment where you know twelve strangers are deciding the fate of the man who they now know to have killed their daughter and it's it was very it was it was a very tense atmosphere but she uh, Kathleen held a framed picture of Ashling up as after, just straight after the verdict was delivered to the jury and she held it up in the courtroom and showed everybody in the courtroom the picture of Ashling a 23 year old girl a school teacher her whole life ahead of her a very popular musician in the Tullamore area and it really was a sense of huge relief for them. Her, uh, uh, Kathleen and her husband, Ashing's father, Ray, they shared, they shared emotional embraces. I can imagine. As was, and there was plenty of emotion from Ashing's boyfriend, Ryan Casey and her sister, Amy, as well. Ashing's boyfriend, Ryan Casey, described her as a vibrant young woman. Um, I know Justice uh, Tony Hunt told the jury that he agreed with their decision and also he suggested there was evil in the room. I mean, that was um, not unprecedented for a judge to make a remark like that, but I mean, certainly one that I suppose resonated with everybody in the courtroom. Absolutely. I think uh, from my point of view, uh, 
the evidence was, as Anne, as Ms. Anne-Marie Lawler, the prosecuting barrister, put it in her closing speech, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, Yosef uh, Pushka made confessions to murdering Ashling Murphy. Um, he, the defence tried to argue that, um, you know, was he in a fit state of mind to be interviewed by Gardy when he made those That was a concerning moment, Andrew, wasn't it? And I heard you talking to Jane about that during the week. And it was a concerning moment when there was a suggestion that he wasn't fit to give a statement and the Gardy should have checked that beforehand, etc., etc. So that was quite a concerning moment as well because all of those are concerning moments when you think at any stage you can put doubt into a jury's, a jury's mind. Of course, but, you know, um, Amory Lawler, the prosecuting barrister, that's what, this was the testimony of um, uh, Dr. Johan uh, Grundling. He's a UK consultant and he made, the, a UK-based consultant, he made the observation having read Joseph Pushka's medical files and he was saying what his practice would have been that uh, any that police coming in looking to speak to a patient who was post-operative and Amory Lawler kind of put to him that, you know, the dosage of a drug called oxycodone, which would, which was really the only drug in the Joseph Pushka system at the time, which would have altered his behavior. There was only 8.25 milligrams of that. And if you remember, Niall, uh, about the testimony from Professor Michael Ryan, uh, formerly of UCD, pharmacology and toxicology expert, he said that the level of um, oxycodone in the Joseph Pushka's body wouldn't, uh, there's no evidence that it would have had any impact. On, uh, his, hmm. on his, his behavior. behavior or yeah. whatever the case may be. What What do you think was the moment? Uh, we did expect it to go on a little bit longer than it did. It was a little bit shorter than we expected. But when do you think the moment, you know, you, you saw the jury and you saw their faces and you would have saw the emotion in their faces. And, you know, at what point do you think or do you think from the very start the jury had a fair idea that he was going to be guilty or that he was guilty. Do you think there was a moment in that trial where there was a kind of turnaround where you said, okay, that's it. You know, I mean, there's no way this could, the story adds up that that, that Joseph Pushka was was trying to submit. The, the story, for, for those who don't know, he was suggesting, of course, that he was giving Ashling Murphy CPR or that he was somehow trying to save her life when indeed that wasn't the case. We now know he was killing her. I mean, at what point in that case do you think that turned around? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to speak on behalf of a jury, and uh, you know yourself. Like you know, for us to try and do that, <laughs> it could lead us mm-hmm. all sorts of paths. But for me, I can speak for myself, and I think one of the. I think there's two. There's two defining moments uh, for me, anyway. Uh, the first one is I'm going to say in plain, simple English, it's the DNA evidence. You know, there was his DNA found on the rashing Murphy's fingernails, and there was there wasn't the DNA of anybody else. Uh, found in that, mm-hmm. um, at least according to the evidence. That and the likelihood of that being anybody else other than Yosef Pushka or a relative was 14,000 to 1, according to the YSTR profiling that um, Dr. Lorna Flanagan from uh, uh, Forensic Science Ireland told us about. That, I, th- I think that evidence was key, and I don't, I, mean, I don't think there was any kind of ref- getting around that one. But also the very first witness in the case, uh, Ms. Jenna Stack, I think there was a moment in the trial she spoke about seeing a man crouched over Joseph Pushka, or sorry, crouched over Ashling Murphy. And she didn't name the man. She just said she saw a man and she said that there were particular features and all of that sort of thing. And it was in, it was in questioning then that the defence said that Joseph Pushka instructed defence barrister Michael Bowman to say that 
he was helping Ashley Murphy. And that was a point that when Janice Stack was talking about a man, it was when that question was asked that it was confirmed that the man that she was talking about was Joseph Pushka. When she didn't name him, she didn't know who he was, she didn't know him from Adam. And then there was an, an essence then of when Janice Stack picked out the wrong man in an ID parade. And there was a suggestion then that she said she was 100% sure she made a mistake. And then there was, uh, you know, an attempt to try and say that, you know, people make mistakes and maybe she made this mistake of what she saw down there. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what she saw was Josef Pushka. And that was confirmed by Josef Pushka himself through his instructions to his defence barrister. Okay, so in other words, they, they put him at the scene themselves. She didn't, they well, did. Well, Yosef Pushka gave that yeah. instruction. Yeah. You know, that, okay. was, uh, that was a defining moment for me. Okay, I suppose at this point now, I mean, I, I'm, do they give an impact, uh, victim impact statement or when does that happen? Or, or at what point does that happen? Or will they still get to do that? Yes, they will. So I know, I know what you're getting at there, Nile. Before, back and not not that too long ago, they would. Uh, it used to be all done on the one day. It used to be that the verdict would come in, there would be the victim impact statements, and then uh, mandatory life sentence would be handed down. Now, what's going to happen is so uh, Yosef Pushka was returned back to custody, and what's going to happen is uh, on the 17th of November, so that's next Friday. Um, we're going to reconvene in the Central Criminal Court, and that's when uh, the Murphy family will be able to provide a, vic- a victim impact statement. And that's when Mr. Justice uh, Tony Hunt will officially hand down a mandatory life sentence. We know that is going to be the case. That is the only sentence available to the judge in when uh, uh, somebody is convicted of murder. Okay, well, as I said already, relief, a very sad day for the family of Ashling Murphy, for her mother Kathleen and her boyfriend as well, Ryan Casey, who paid tribute to her as well. And thank you very much indeed, Andrew. We thank you as well for covering the case diligently over the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, thank you for doing that for us. And uh, we shall talk to you again, obviously, when the sentencing happens and when that victim impact statement is given out. Thank you very much indeed, Andrew Lelf. Thank you, Niall. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.